welcome to Cooking the Books with me, Jilly Smith, the podcast which prods at the texture of the latest food books. This week, after last week's dissection of the Mediterranean diet with Dr. Simon Paul, we are sniffing the lemons of the Amalfi Coast with everyone's favourite Italian, Gennaro Cantano. The world uses lemon for almost every single dish they're doing, stuff from meat to fish to vegetable to drink to everything. And uh, as I come from the Amalfi Coast, we use lemon for everything. Since Gennaro and I first met way back, the conversation about food has changed so much. Veganism, eating less but better to save the planet, regenerative farming for soil health. It's a whole new language. But as Gennaro reminded me, it's actually the very essence of the Mediterranean diet. You see, I come in a place uh, on, in Italy... I was born in the Amalfi Coast, 35 meters above the sea, where the swim was my swimming pool, and the back mountain was my garden, and the village was my playground where I learned everything. And, uh, and uh, everything was uh, simple, you know, special uh, uh, eating meat, we used to eat eating meats. I mean, uh, uh, I remember my father used to go hunting, and uh, when there was season for hunting, we always eat lovely, lovely stuff. Free range, what we call them a free range. Also with the sea there, you know, fresh fish was there. And don't forget, because we live by the sea yeah. in a valley, it's, it's my village, like everywhere, each village in the Amalfi Coast, they're always between mountains. And, you know, you always, you have a, a tarrant comes right through. And when actually it's raining, you know, it becomes like a river, believe me or not. That's all. All fresh vegetable and everything. I didn't actually think very much, you know, uh, the recipe I was doing because this is, is vegetarian or this is vegan. Just damn it, you know. There was in the moment, and uh, when I was doing, uh, you know, cost because I am a cook. Yeah. You think as well. Uh, yes, also everybody can access. This book and this recipe, you have to think about vegan because it's very, very, very important. Well, perhaps, you know, sometime for a month or two, I'm a vegan without knowing it because whatever I like, whatever I find, I'm cooking. Vegetarians, lots of vegetarian. Don't forget, the Neapolitan, I was called leaf eater because everything is to do with vegetable. Also, the foraging we used to do ourselves, everything was natural. Uh, and the books is to do it, it's kind of my childhood, but also is modern days as well. Because, you know, we've recently had Henry Dimble be talking about, you know, the national food strategy and a lot of people talking about how to save the planet. We eat less, but better. We eat less meat, less often, but better meat, if at all. We eat more vegetables and better carbohydrates, all of which is the Amalfi diet. It's not even the Mediterranean diet, it's the Amalfi diet, isn't it? It's, it's, <laughs> this is what we do. It is. So actually, you know, you've, you've written in Lamoni, your latest book, a, a fantastic reference guide for people who really do want to eat that way. And, and of course, we can eat lots of other cuisines, but it all comes from the same place. It's it's cucina povera, isn't it? It's, it's you know, food from the land. It's Yes, we said the nice word, cucina povera. Sometimes when I say cucina povera, it looks like cooking for poor people. It's not. It's not. This is not. Yeah, but cucina povera in Italian, say simplicity, you know, goodness, you know, 
uh, whatever, whatever that is around. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to be extravagant. You know, you can make a fantastic uh, party with the Cucina Povera. Use less but good. That's it. And this is what, what it, it is very, I have said, well, very cultural. Cucina Povera is all over the world. It's not just in Italy. But when actually the Italian managed to get the word Cucina Povera to say it's simple food, but it's everything. Uh, but when they actually said the word Cucina Povera, they translate the poor people cooking. Is not. No, no, exactly. It no. is a really powerful message. And it's interesting, isn't it? You know, I remember when you and I first met back at Passione, back in the mid-2000s. 20, yes, <laughs> 22 years ago, Jill. Yes, it was. And you ever changed it at all. <laughs> Neither of you, Gennaro. And my, and my English is getting worse. <laughs> Worst and worst. <laughs> you know what? We were talking then about when you first came over from Italy and you were part of a whole group of people who were coming over and working in restaurants. And actually, Italian food wasn't that cucina povera. It wasn't the food that we're talking about now. It was food to please yes. us. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. What's happening in those days? We were dominated by the French. Everything restaurant there was French, 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 which they're doing fantastic food indeed. Because also the French have what we call them a cucina povera. The French do understand that the simplicity of a cucina povera is not. But everything, because England is near to France, you know, even Italian menu sometimes used to put French words inside. And Italian used to stay a little bit beyond. Because what's to happen in England? And many other parts of the world as well, they believe that Italy is just a flask of wine and spaghetti, spaghetti tree. That was in a program on <laughs> yeah, TV an where spaghetti grows <laughs> on a tree. April, and people <laughs> believed that. And still, you know, I still find the people now, they're asking me, olives is a, a plant which is called roots like a potato Dear. or grows on a tree. I can't do anything about it, and I try to explain it as well. But slowly, slowly, you know, uh, we said, hold on, uh, you know, it's not just in a flask and a spaghetti, pizza. It was just about like that. Italy is about the best food, you know. It's about everything. It's about celebrations of everything you eat. You know, you catch in a fresh fish, and you put them on a table, and you cook as the best as you can because you celebrate it. Uh, the fish that once used to be in water and swim free, that was for the chicken, that was with beef, that was with the lamb, that was with the birds and everything. And also celebration as well. Everything had to be in season. Tomato had to be in season, which is nice all year round. But also you can hang everything else. You know, Italy can offer unbelievable, so many varieties of a fruit, a vegetable, a different dish. Each region in Italy, they're very proud. You know, Tuscan is very proud. You know, Puglia is very proud. Liguria is yeah. very proud. But because in England, we there was very, very large menu, but actually at the end of the day, it was only a few things which you choose and everybody used to eat exactly yeah. the same, you know. Uh, you know, chicken surprise. What is it, this surprise? Chicken dancing, you know, prune cocktail, you know, orange caramelized. My God. 
I wonder if, Gennaro, it was about trying to please us. You know, so many of those wonderful cuisines that were coming over in the 70s yes, and 80s yes. from all over the world. We all, everybody, everybody was trying to dilute their own identity and their food just to please the Brits. And I think that, you know, now the Italians and everyone else, actually, but the Italians particularly, can stand proud and say, we absolutely know who we are and our food is a, just about as authentic as it, it, it We've it, got great Italian food in it, this country it, now, haven't we? Yes, we have indeed. My God. Goodness, me, they're all very proud. Uh, I remember when I used to work with Antonio. Antonio, Antonio was great. It's unbelievable. Antonio Carluccio. I mean, you know, you you two brought authenticity My to God. London back no, in the eighties, nineties. Yeah, not just us. There also a lot of people are following us. Also, in those days, other people used to start to moving around. They used to do things like that. It was incredible story on uh, a culture of Italian cuisine. Then, because she travelled all over the place, and I travelled all over Italy, uh, cooking and as well, and they used to get very upset because sometimes I used to go inside the, in the restaurant and they used to eat something which an Italian name, but the, the name of, was Italian, but the food, God knows where it come from. You know, everything, yeah. bella, pasta, salsa, tomato, <laughs> vino, stuff. Also, they used to use, you know, the word, till now, cooking what? What up? It's cooking wine. I wanted to find a cooking wine. You know, it's people used to say because it's cheaper the wine. So uh, you cook a beautiful fish or beautiful chicken or a beautiful vegetable. Perhaps you had to do, add uh, some wine and then you you had some cheap stuff inside. That's terrible. Yeah, yeah and I'm it's talking, unnecessary, isn't it? Is it not, you don't need to. You don't need. Well, to. and you know, and that really is the heart of what you've done in this book. Limoni. Lemons. I mean, you know, they don't come much cheaper than lemons. The world uses lemon for almost every single dish they're doing. Start from meat to fish to a vegetable to drink to everything. And, uh, and we do, as I come from the Amalfi Coast, we use lemon for everything. Well, of course, they grow there very plentifully, can, don't they? And they're quite different in, in, in Amalfi, aren't they? They're called Sfusato Amalfitano. Sfusato Amalfitano, because it's long. The difference is, this is the lemons you get in England, can you see? Yeah. Very round. Uh, now, God knows where it comes from. Wax on it. Full of a very aggressive juice inside. This is... To cut it, to put in gin and tonic, which is, would be a rubbish. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what what to do. Now we're talking about the proper lemons. Oh my goodness, that's yeah, no, a this long is a This is a small one which you can eat everything. I make a coffee every morning, and I put a little zest, zest of uh, lemons. This is used for everything. Everything wrong. Ever salads, cook fish, meat, vegetable. You name. Even you can cook the lemon as it is, like that. You can roast it and present. It's endless. With this one, you know, if you throw to somebody hurt, and this is, I am sorry, I have to check my way. But this one has to be close to my heart. Because now, talking about it being close to your heart, Gennaro, is it true that you take a lemon wherever you go? Wherever you go. Can I tell you something? <laughs> I was uh, three weeks ago... I was doing a, a festival which is called a fabulous food festival in uh, near Oxford. So they were interviewing me 
about, uh, you know, it's true that you carry lemons everywhere you go. Luckily enough, I had a lemon with me. So just a minute. <laughs> that was different from this one. I didn't know that when I had an interview to ask me for lemon. But I do all over the world, wherever I'm going, I'll carry a lemon to remind my hometown. But also, they will remind my mother, which they say, a lemon will give you extra year of life. I don't know why. It's, it's, it's just very sentimental. And Aww. I carry them everywhere. When I can't find a Murphy lemon, surely I put that little rubbish in my pocket. I say, <laughs> well, it's still a lemon. <laughs> Take us through your four food moments, Gennaro. The first one is, oh, my goodness, I don't speak Italian, but spiadini di scamozza e limone. Yes. What a beautiful, you know, spiadini as cure of a scamorza a lemon. This is because my friend Valentino in Italy, he met his own limoncello, he do a cookery school, all about lemons. And he make this particularly one, which is scamorza, is a smoked mozzarella, cow, not uh, buffalo, because buffalo is more delicate, which they smoke on hay. And what actually doing, you get the leaves use everything of a lemon, a slice of a lemon, you slice thin, and then you get leaves of a lemon each side that you carry and you make a spiedino. Because when you actually, you put them on top, a griddle or a pan, a very hot pan as well, you get a full, the lemons have got a beautiful little bit of a bitterness, you know, mm. and they will go to that fantastic uh, you know, I've got full of oil, aroma inside. With the lemons, they give it a lovely acidity and they will touch the sweet and the milk and the smoked, mozza, smoked mozzarella, which is called scamozza. You put it all together and you celebrate the full of the lemon. Because you do that bit where you can see the sea, which is just there. And I say, <sighs> you do it on on. On the lemon goes all around you, the mm. sun which filtrates through the leaves and the tree, you say, This is paradise. If there is something better, I don't want to know. But those at the moment, those at the moment. So when you actually remove those leaves and then you pick up a little mozzarella, they dance inside. It's oh. a celebration. It is bring memory back left, right, and center. Which oh, is wonderful. That's it is just you've just taken me to the Amalfi Coast. You should I, go. I can smell a barbecue. Uh, yes, but you can smell the lemons, and you can the smell lemons one. on the barbecue. So you put the lemons on the barbecue, or the lemon leaves on the barbecue. Oh, you put the lemons because don't forget mm. that they, they are spiedini. Mm. Let me show you because perhaps you can see what I'm talking about. You know, I've got the picture right here. Can you see? Yeah. So they're skewered. Yeah, yeah, wonderful. So the skewers are, are are on that lemon leaf. Absolutely gorgeous. It's about using everything up. I mean, I'm just looking through the list of what you do with them. I and mean, you give household tips. You put lemon halves in dishwashers in your fridge to keep it smelling sweet. You you use lemons to rub chopping boards and washing your hands after cutting fish. I mean, such a versatile. You use first the lemon, the leftover, you use it. That yes, of course. You, you use, you have to celebrate that, you know, yeah. it's waste. 
It's all about using it all up, isn't all it? All up, everything. It's not just the lemon. Yeah, is the main thing. So we have the only things you can't use the lemon is just this little bit of a tip. The little bit at the top. Of yeah, the because tip, it's it? just a little bit because it's bitter. Do you know what? Yeah. I eat it, and I join as well. <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> Your second one is pasta ceci. <gasps> pasta ceci, chickpeas. Who don't love a chickpeas? The world love chickpeas. Which and again, it, since we last talked, you know, again with the rise of veganism, pulses and beans, they're everywhere. This is a wonderful dish, again from your childhood, but absolutely come right back into fashion now. It is indeed. Well, I've been eating chickpeas, well, at least a couple of times a, a week. Yeah. It, it's seasons. Uh, you know, yeah. I'm a very temperamental, you know, sometimes I can really have all the time. Sometime I wait now, September, October, November, homely, because mm-hmm. it reminded me when I used to get the dry chickpeas, put them inside a, a jar or a container with water inside, leave them outside the door and let it soak for all night. And yeah. the day after, you start to put them on boiling, you clean them again, and slowly, slowly, plee, 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 plee. Again, you, when you cook, you cook with the little onions as well. Sometimes you mix as well. If you have some pancetta, you can do with a pancetta. But it's not all the time. And leave as is. It costs lemons and the fennel. It goes ever so well. Fennel and lemon. Uh, lemon perfect, perfect mix, aren't they? But also oh. the fennel we used to collect ourselves. We used to forage you know, for all this. That is another dish which you bring me home as well. You know, is uh, I... I I discovered in England that at the world it's chickpeas. I discovered that the vegan and the vegetarian so and so love chickpeas. We always had, so I can't really tell. I didn't know that. Oh my God, I said, also other world like it. And of course, you can grow them here. Yes, you can grow them, yeah. Of course, you can, and they're so, so easy, aren't they? I know, it's easy, um, easy. Once, uh, well, all this stuff you can grow most everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go to the fish of the Amalfi Coast for your food moment, Brantino all'acqua pazza. Oh, my goodness. The word aqua pazza is crazy water. But you know why? Because it's strange, because it can be done in so many different ways, aqua pazza. I, I just made up a word, because once you've got the fish inside, you've got the little vegetable, perhaps you don't have no vegetable or inside of garlic, you have a little bit of tomato sometimes, it can be done. This one, you put wine and water, you cover it, this is one way, you cover the fish nice and fresh, you celebrate it. So with all this flavor, all this aroma, with the lemons, you go, oh my God, out in a pot, because you cover, you can hear a bang. I'm going crazy! (laughs) (laughs) This recipe was made by my very good friend, the chef of Giardiniello in Minori, in Amalfi Coast, which he cooked the fish, lemons and olive oil, just a little bit touch of uh, water inside. So what actually is too, you get lovely branzini, which is sea bass, but also other fish can be done uh, like that. I used to have them on the menu in many different ways. You just put everything inside and you cover it, you poach it, everything slowly, slowly, slowly. So when you actually, with the lemons, enough lemons, not too much, when you get a little bit of water, when you get the olive oil, the fish is infused 
or this beautiful flavor. And then you remove the fish, you put them on a plate in a bowl, and then you finish off with a little bit. You move the, the, the pan, move it until it becomes a little bit clouded, a bit, a little bit of cream because the skin of the fish gives you that kind of a glue. And then you put them on top. And then you put a little vegetable, and then perhaps you cooked with a vegetable as well. You add them on top, little slices of lemon again. You can even bake the little slice of lemon. You eat. Oh. But it's so simple, it isn't is. it? You're not really doing very much cooking at all. I can smell the aromas coming off it, you know, from this Zoom call. It is so simple. We know those flavours. We know how to do it. I mean, a child could do it. You probably did it as a child, didn't you? Oh, yeah. My father was unbelievable. My father, always one way or the other, used to do this kind of aquapats in crazy water. It was so simple. Some of the restaurants, they would do with eyes closed. Some, they, they... that, that, as I said, just put a little bit of garlic, parsley, lemons, a little water, the fish goes in, boom. This one is just a little bit elaborated because this restaurant, the Giardiniel, where I, I come from, is in a family uh, restaurant which uh, they never, they elaborate all the food that they use now. The chef, I have to say the name of the chef, he was such a good friend of mine, Cuzzolini, I hope I remember probably all right. He was to simplicity. He present it as a, uh, uh, present it in a nice way as well, uh, but the quality and of the fish have to be fresh. You can't do it if it's yes, not fresh. It's not also the vegetable as well. It presented in a way then, oh my God, your eyes goes wow, which is unbelievable. Then when they actually put a fork inside, tested the fish, it was, oh, double pleasure will be called. Instead with the cucina povera, because this is cucina povera, it was just the fish, so and so and so, but the flavor, it was exactly yeah. the same. Do people still talk to you in this country about their fear of fish? Yeah, that's uh, quite a few fish. I don't eat fish. No, it stinks. Uh, if it stinks, it's fish, it's rubbish. When you walk inside the fish manga, I am sorry I have to say that, and you smell a fish, not very nice. Fish very does nice. not smell. Yeah. You should try. And everybody listen to this podcast should try. Having a fresh fish, when they're catching a fresh fish, Touch it, move it, grab it, uh, remove it, whatever, and then put your hands on your nose. You will see you will not smell nothing at all. The only thing you will smell, because you don't yeah. smell, your, your memory will bring you the sea. But fresh fish does not smell. I was very lucky enough to be in a Amalfi Coast where everything almost alive. Well, it was not. You know, you're fresh. So yeah. it... It was just good. And those, so when you preserve a fish and you put them in a fridge and you clean a fish, don't just clean under the water and then you put them in a plate, you put them in a fridge. Dry the fish. Make sure you dry them inside. Make sure you dry them on top. Use a tissue. Use cloth. Have to be absolutely dry. Dry, dry, dry. Then you put them in a fridge. The fish won't taste the fish. Fish is supposed to test whatever the fish it is, and there have to be always waves of the sea inside, and then you will enjoy yeah. it. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and once you've mastered that, you won't be frightened no. of it again. Those are just very simple it, instructions on how to buy. buy. You look yeah. at the fish, always you have to trust your fishmonger as well. Because if you have a relationship, the fishmonger will tell you, this is, we just caught it, this is nice. And you can ask it to clean for you, eat scale for you. But when you bring him home and you want to cook your way, because yeah. you have to celebrate the fish. Don't forget, you not know, just to eat. Yeah. Celebrate the fish. Once you still yeah. move in the sea, you know, you can't just cook in a rubbish way or just for the sake because exactly. you think... It's about honouring the fish in the same respect. way as you would honour the meat. It is indeed, yes. with the meat to the same. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Now, tell me something, a little bit of alchemy. Now, we, you made this for me when we last met a couple of years back when I was doing the Delicious podcast. This was, I think we made then the linguine with the parmesan and lemon. And with just the pasta water, you made this amazing sauce. And it was a beautiful, creamy texture. And we tried it last night using the tagliatelle recipe from your book. It's the same one, basically. It was stunning. Fantastic. But there's something about... It doesn't taste lemony when it's put with the pasta water and the cheese. There's, a, there's some kind of alchemy that happens that makes all those ingredients taste quite different. Absolutely delicious, but really quite different. It doesn't taste lemony. How does that happen? An example, there will be extra lemon inside. <laughs> <laughs> it tastes fresh. It is fresh. It, it, but creamy. It creamy. So what's happened? You should have a little touch more of a, of a lemon inside. Also, a good lemon. The other one I checked them away. God knows where it's gone. That is aggressive, you know. And uh, if you use a little bit extra squeeze everything will become extremely lemony. So because you use the parmigiano-reggiano, don't forget, a proper parmigiano, and then you have to use the lemons. Don't forget, you sweat in the garlic, a little bit of chili if you want, and then you get a pasta, which you go straight inside with a little bit of pasta water, and then you put a knob of butter inside because that is cream with a parmesan. Squeeze of a little lemons, and you carry on moving around the pan, then you remove the pasta, they become creamy, put them at that creamy on top, again, a little bit of parmigiano on top. Oh, my God. It was absolutely God. fantastic. I will make that for the rest of my life. Absolutely delicious. Your fourth food moment is the Lamoni Candide. <gasps> now, this is candied lemons. Candied lemons, you see. Because where I come from, also all the area... Where I come from, everybody do candied fruit. You can do them in England. Please, if you do candied orange, candied tangerine, candied lemons, make sure they're nice lemon. If you try to do the, the candy with those lemon I show you, forget about You won't get anything at all. But it's a, such a simple recipe, which my friend Gabriele which is the oldest pasticceria where I come from, from the old school, because everybody used to do it where I come from, but he's a pasticcier. He experimented them all, and he's got a few years older than me, not much. Uh, he, he said to Gennaro, let me show you how to do it a proper, a proper frutta candita. He said, don't try to do cedro, those candy, big, massive fruit or everything is set because it takes three months. At the end, you will kill yourself when you see you never made them properly. He said, make sure the lemons are nice and big. 
in season, then you cut it. I said, you cut at the top of one, you cut at the, at the bottom of one, you cut the bottom of the other one, and you, with your hands, you peel it. And you get the mm-hmm. full, all right, white and uh, the zest. Now, you got the lemons there, you use whatever you want to do, make salad or anything. So, because salads, fennel salads of, uh, of fennel, of lemons, and uh, an orange, drizzle extra virgin olive oil, and if you put a bit of balsamic vinegar, it's amazing. Season it properly. Mm. Also, mm. Then, what do you do? Just a little bit of sugar. First, you leave them out, and you boil it. You leave them out for half day in water, and then you remove it. You just blanch, remove it, and then you have a sugar on the side. And then until you get a little bit syrupy, then you leave them on the side, Repeat again next day, then take him out. You get a perfect candy fruit. I knew how to do it, but he showed me that extra tips which I cannot understand properly. The past is here. They really good at what they're doing. They're artisans, aren't oh, no, they? Oh no, I call them. They're craftsmen. They keep on to the old ways, and it is so important. You know, they're all about keeping us healthy and the simplest food on the planet. On the planet, is it? I cannot chuck away something out of this lemon. I don't want. I can't. I can't. If I just have to cut the lemon and squeeze a little bit out, and then leave them on the side to be rotted. This lemon is been growing for three months. It used to be green, so there was beautiful flower. Beginning, you know, blow some lemon, blow some, it's so beautiful, the smell is unbelievable. Slowly, 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 to little, little things like that. And slowly, 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 then the farmer makes sure they grow on up. And then he prays for the sun that gets right on top. And then he prays for the breeze, the sea, because that goes in terrace. You know, he makes sure there is enough water. And then from green, it starts to get yellow, and then it starts to get big and big and big. So it, it's like a bit. You remove it, you twist, remove it, and you give it to somebody or perhaps you sell. Here, there is a culture of 2,000 years. That's right. So how can you Deep say, well, I just did. How can you not respect? I am a cook with the greatest pleasure I always been cooked. I don't think I can do anything else. I'm very lucky whatever I'm doing now. Food is life. We have to eat at least three times a day. Do you know what? Less eating properly for very little. And this is what Kichina power is. Whatever you go hold it, then you make last and you eat well as well. And you made it. Thanks for listening. You can buy all the books featured on Cooking the Books by clicking on the bookshop tab at julysmith.com. And do sign up for the newsletter while you're there to keep up with all my news. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. And I'll see you next week when I'm with one of the most important voices in food and farming right now, James Rebanks. Bye.